Good evening. Apologize for being late tonight. We've got things going on here around Christmas time. Buddy Martin, along with, in a moment, Brendan Martin, just getting us all hooked up there. We're a little bit tardy. Thought we'd get up to you about 15 minutes ago, but we're glad you're here with us tonight on this late night dilly dilly, the Buddy Martin Show. Recruiting Bonanza 3. In just a few moments, we'll be joined by Justin Wells, one of our recruiting insiders, to catch up on some of the latest news. If there is some, it's been very, very quiet the last few days. We're hearing a little buzz here, a little buzz there, but nothing definitive unless you've got it out there. We did our radio program earlier, the Buddy Martin Show, and many of you tuned in there. We had Coach Steve Spurrier on tonight. He, of course, back from New York where he was awarded a second Hall of Fame as a college man, one of the most decorated people in college sports history, only one of four to make it both as a coach and a player. Um, and we had a chat with uh, Coach Spurrier about that. Uh, some people asked me questions if I knew what Coach Spurrier thought about the quarterback situation with Corral or Justin Fields. And what you should know if you don't already is that coaches and people associated with schools really can't be commenting on players they're recruiting right now. That's a no-no. So uh, I do know from various conversations with other people and inclinations that I get from Coach Spurrier, he does like uh, what they're, they're doing. Uh, able to confirm with another person that, uh, as we suspected, Florida's going hard for Justin Fields, but also has, they feel, a really solid chance of having a commitment from Matty Corral in California when it comes uh, to the, uh, the commitment day here in uh, just about, what is this, uh, 12, 8 days. We're not going to mess around much today. We're going to go right to the phones and talk to our buddy Justin Wells in just a second because we are running a bit behind. Meanwhile, you can post, and we'd love to hear from you as well. Uh, we're, we're waiting to uh, get more in solid information. We don't like to post anything as rumor, as you know, here on this particular situation. And we've got phones going off here and everything else. Let me just turn this off. Um, and... Uh, we would like very much to be able to uh, to give you solid information on me. Meanwhile, uh, good evening to you, Susan. Justin's voicemail. Um, Justin's voicemail. He was expecting us 30 minutes earlier, so we'll try him again, text him, let him know we're coming. Uh, good evening to Charles, who says, uh, feels is fabulous news. I don't know what's new. There's no news about it other than the fact that we do know Florida really would like to have him. But then again, so would everybody else. Uh, whether he can be flipped or not, who knows. David Hudson wants to know, hey, Brendan, what's the wine choice of the night? I don't know yet. We haven't figured it out. Brendan was working late tonight. So, uh, and uh, he just got here. He's uh, he has, has a day job, the one that actually pays. Um, and uh, so he just got here. We're running behind. But, uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, Jennifer said, and hello, Jennifer. We got your message earlier about tonight's show. Thanks for hanging in there with us. Uh, I, I think we're going to land Corral. That's what people would like to know. We do know that there's been visits with Billy Gonzalez and, and uh, that also uh, Coach Mullen was going to be uh, visiting. I believe he did visit with uh, with Matty as well. So, um, we, of course, the, uh, the Juco quarterback that Richie you're talking about has committed. Wilson has gone to Kentucky. He's committed to Kentucky. Looks like he's wrapped up there. So uh, that's an earlier commitment. That's uh, – the 15th, I believe, the JUCO quarterbacks can, can commit. Um, hello, Alexander. How are you? Uh, 
Uh, I get a lot of questions about this, and we hope in a few minutes to talk to Franz Beard about the uh, situation uh, with uh, Patrick Sertain, uh, whether or not he's going to be the, uh, you know, one of the staff members. He, of course, is an excellent high school coach with lots and lots of talented high school players. Uh, hopeful that some of those would come over to Florida's side. We got the news, of course, that the kicker, Sir, that uh, McPherson from Mississippi State Commit, uh, has flipped and gone to Florida. That's a double-edged sword because we're big fans of Connor Davis, son of Judd Davis, the Lou Groza winner, uh, who at Florida. And of course, we're hopefully we're hoping that Connor might be a Gator since he's a legacy. But uh, so far, not the case. We'll see whether or not. Uh, I don't think he'll be walking on because uh, and Florida's not going to sign two kickers. So. It doesn't look like that's going to happen. Uh, Justin is not with us yet. Travis wants to know what you think about Micah Pittman. I keep hearing that name, Micah Pittman. We asked about it last time. We asked Justin about it. We're not familiar with Micah Pittman. Maybe you can offer up some help to us here online with that. Um, let's see. Uh, hello to Thomas Scott and Fudge and Toby Permitter. Thank you for checking in with us. Uh Still don't have any certain news for you asking. Um, Paul Neesmith. I don't know if this is the Paul Neesmith I used to know at the New York Daily News or not. I'm not sure if it is. Let me know if it is. But uh, so you say hi to me and my wife, Ellen. Hello, Paul. Hello, Ellen. How are you? Thanks for tuning in tonight. Uh, let's see. Jack Campbell. Mullen is rocking. So excited. Seems to be. I talked to Coach Spurrier for those of you who heard him tonight. Uh, Coach Spurrier talking about how he thought naturally he's going to get behind whoever it is, but he's solid behind Mullen. He said he thinks the best he's the best possible candidate they could have gotten. Uh, and and he's, a, he's a Mullen fan. He loves the fact that he was here during Urban Meyer's reign and was, of course, an outstanding offensive coach. Uh, let's see. More certain questions. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I just wanted to say I'm sorry that we started out this thing so late and abrupt and I came in. We just didn't even appropriately start the show or anything for you, so I'm just coming in late. Sorry. Yeah, well, all right. That's okay. Justin, I texted. He's not available right this second. We'll okay. see what the deal is. All right. We'll be talking to friends soon. Uh, I just popped out the wine to make things. So, you know, dilly-dilly to everybody. Yeah. And hello. I know it's been a while. So, anyway, hello. David wants to know, uh, Buddy and Brendan, what's the chance of getting together for a meet-and-greet? Uh, we're hopeful of that. Our man, uh, Bubba, has been out of town, and Bubba's going to work on that as well, hopefully, with us. He has some inclinations along that line. We do plan to do that, and uh, uh, we, uh, we we hope to we get to meet many, if not all of you. So, uh, say, uh, Shane says, hi, fellas. Hope all is well. Go Gators. Shane Clemens. Hi, Shane. Everything is well. Brendan's really, really well at his house. His daughter got a cat. Carlos the cat. Here's the yeah. hello. Welcome to the Martin Martin family. Carlos Martin the cat. Jen yeah. boys, our girl Jen boys. What's yeah. up, Jen? There's Carlos. Yeah. Hello, Carlos. Welcome yeah. to the house. Yeah, Jen says the, Carlos will be a gator. Okay. One of our good friends, Jen. Uh, there's the dilly. You got it, dilly dilly. Oh yeah. Um, By the way, we got new signs with Jen's daughter Maddie. We uh, shared the video. Share. Uh, uh, let, can like, we give her a little pop? Let's give her a little pop. Like, share. That's Jen's daughter. Like. Very yeah. nice. Nice work. Good job. She's. Really but I think we should go ahead and announce that she's our graphic artist. She's our, well, her, 
her mother is also our Well, I know, but, but so the real Tread lightly is, there. Tread lightly there, okay? Well. You know, Jen's pretty talented. No, well, Jen, of course, is one of our peeps. But. Yes, Maddie is also she's an assistant a graphic. She's artist. the junior, okay? All right. She's a Jen junior, all right? Uh, we're drinking a little leftover uh, leftover Thanksgiving wine. This Leftover? It's not leftover, pal. <laughs> it's a brand little, new bottle. A little cab, a little yeah, Vogel, yeah. nothing special. It's not today. my favorite. Not it's my okay. favorite. It really needs to open up to make it work. All right, we digressed. See. I'm done. Salut, dilly dilly. Dilly dilly Sorry to you. Late. Sorry about that, folks. Dilly dilly to you. Mm. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, it's, really it's not bad. bad. It's, not, it's bad. not not an expensive wine, but then right. again, we don't buy it. We don't drink real expensive wine. So. A, I think it's a, it's a Publix wine today. So. Well, a Publix sells all kinds of wine. Right. right. Uh, let's see. All right. Let's let's answer these. And you said you did get a hold of Dustin. No, I tried. I texted him. He might be in bed. He's got to make boats tomorrow. So I don't know. Did, did he is. say he he told me he was definitely on. He said he was definitely on for the night. I texted him. Well, let me call him from my phone. Maybe make yeah, he called him up and see. All right. Um, he might be expecting another number. Let's see. Jennifer says, now it's time. Now it's older news. What do you think about Callaway going pro? Uh, Jennifer Lay, uh, we think it was the right thing for all parties concerned. Okay. Uh, he didn't do much here the last year, obviously, and wish him all the best. I'm not a person who wants to trash somebody because they did something different, even if they got in trouble. I don't like to say, well, good riddance to him. He could have been a Gator. Look, life full of choices. Uh, unfortunately, Callaway made some bad ones, and he paid for it, and uh, he paid for it with a dollar, so a lot, because he would have gotten, if he'd have had a good year, he would have gotten a, I don't know if he'd have been first round, but he'd have been a, he'd have been a high draft choice, and he would have got some bucks. Now we'll see what's going to happen. Uh, let's see. By the way, this is how it goes. You're seeing behind the scenes is generally you book a guest. It's difficult to get them on. So sometimes <laughs> Justin a... Wells, if you're listening, yeah. pick up your phone. Yeah, exactly. Um, do you want me to call friends now or you want to wait? Let's wait for a minute right. and then just tell him to text Justin, tell him to call right. this, tell him to call your number or my number or whatever. Right. Okay. Um, let's see. Joey says, Wyatt Rector, is he a done deal at UF? Uh, no, he never was a done deal, Joey. He hasn't been offered. I talked oh, I to his, mean. I've talked to his father, a uh, couple times. Uh, most recently he was still waiting for an offer. He is not a top level five-star kind of quarterback. He may be a really good quarterback in college. He's got the tools for it. Six four two twenty eight, really good arm. The only flaw that we see is his interception to touchdown ratio is not the best in the world, but he's apparently a smart kid. He's a real good kid, has a great arm and he's a big, strong guy and runs for a lot of yardage. Uh, he looks like a Mullen type quarterback, but Mullen's going to go for the best quarterbacks out there. No offense to, to, to Wyatt. I'd like to see Wyatt become a Gator, but right now uh, that's not, uh, that's not been decided and he's not been offered. So we'll f keep up with Wyatt and let you know. Uh, Jeremiah says, uh, Emory Jones needs to come for a visit. Yeah, update me about that if you can. Jackson, how about a good Pinot Noir? We like the Pinot Noir. We do like the Pinot Noir. Uh, is this that a cab? Is a cab. Yeah. It's leftover Thanksgiving wine time. It's not leftover. Well, we haven't gone shopping. No, we have not. We've been busy. No, we have. Um, let's see. Do you think that Florida uh, Franks may be better under the new coach? You know, uh, Carl, that's an interesting question. Uh, 
he'd be better than what he was. Is that good enough? There's a lot more running involved in Dan Mullen's offense. Remember, uh, you have to have good wheels. You have to be strong. You have to be, be able to take a beating when you're a quarterback. Look at what he's had there the last couple of years. And you saw what happened to his current quarterback who was injured, not because he runs the ball, but you have to be a physical. I, I think he's a really good kid. He's, he's, got good, he's got good wheels. He's got a decent arm. He has problems finding his receivers. He's physically not that, oh, uh, that good. Let's uh, go to the hotline. He's, he's physically, he's having a he's, – he's, uh, he's had problems. So there you go. So it looks like we got our guy calling in. Uh, Corinthian, hello, dilly dilly to you. Um, uh, let's see what else you got here. Thomas, thanks for late night dilly dilly. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, and the yes, great we know recruiting about, coordinator, aka boat builder, Justin. And, and I know about Connor Davis offered at Air Force. Thank you, David. Say hey, hi, Justin. Justin, my man, how are you? Hi. Did you get him on the phone? Yes, he's right there. Are you there, Justin? No. I'm here. I'm here. Okay, okay. We're we're sorry we're late. Brenda had to work late tonight. We told you we'd get to you earlier. But let me introduce, uh, how far back should I go, Justin? Other than the fact that, that this is like getting the band back together. We even had John Fennerin in town yesterday. So, John Fennerin, Justin, we're only missing, I think, Tim Casey. Everybody else in France will be along later. So, yeah, Justin, we used to work with Justin. One of the best, one of the, first of all, one of the best guys. Secondly, a really hardworking guy who knows his prospects. And unfortunately for the recruiting world, has not been focusing on that, but he always follows. He always stays up. And thank you for being on the show with us tonight with our folks who are standing by for you, waiting to hear the latest news. What's, what's been going on, Justin? Well, yeah, I mean, we uh, just came off the first uh, big recruiting weekend for the Gators under Dan Mullen, so... Uh, Florida had about a half dozen guys come in, and they they picked up. Uh, they now have two commitments uh, under the direction of Dan Mullen, and uh, one they uh, of course uh, have a uh, picked up an offensive lineman several days ago, mm-hmm. and now uh, they have a kicker who right. will very possibly be the uh, successor to Eddie Pinero when uh, he moves on. And uh, Evan McPherson, who was committed to uh, Dan Mullen at Mississippi State, but is now committed to Dan Mullen at the University of Florida. And they have two new coaches. We know about that. One's Nick Savage, a strength coach, and Brian uh, Robinson. I'm Wait a minute, let me get my name. Johnson. Brian Johnson, Johnson, former Utah quarterback, who was the offensive coordinator at Houston. I didn't know a whole lot about uh, about uh, uh, Coach Johnson. But looking him up and talking to people, he sounds interesting. What do you know about him? Anything? Well, I, I, I know that he was the successor to Alex Smith at Utah, so there is a connection uh, not only in terms of playing for Dan Mullen, because uh, Dan Mullen was the quarterback's coach at Utah under uh, Urban Meyer, uh, so you have a, a, a prior connection there. But then, of course, uh, Brian Johnson was a uh, assistant coach under Dan Mullen at Mississippi State as well. So there's definitely some familiarity there. Uh, Johnson is regarded as an uh, up-and-coming uh, coaching uh, prospect. Uh, he's only 31, I believe, so he's a younger guy, but definitely well-respected for uh, being a, a very uh, – 
one of the top young coaching minds in America. So there's a, that, that's always good when you have uh, when you can get a coach that there's a high degree of familiarity with, and uh, uh, you know that that's definitely the case with uh, Brian Johnson in terms of his uh, his connections to Dan Mullen going back uh, over a dozen, twelve, thirteen years now. Yeah, um, we of course focused on everybody's on, on Justin Fields. We got one report in here from our friend uh, who lives in Atlanta. It's no big secret that obviously we know about him going to Georgia. He's a pretty strong commit from what we're hearing and reading. What do you hear? Anything on any movement on Fields? I know that they're. I do know they're going after him. They're flipping pretty hard. Yeah. Well. Um, yeah. Definitely, Florida's gonna. Continue to try to kick the tires there. Uh, that was one of the first visits for Dan Mullen when he uh, came in and took over as head coach. He went in with uh, Juwan Sider and uh, had an in-home visit with Justin Fields and his family. But there really hasn't been any further movement there. Um, that's uh, I expect that you know the Gators will continue to kind of kick the tires there. We'll see what Fields does. Next week, if he uh, if he decides to go ahead and sign early or wait it out and continue the recruiting process into January, uh, you got Willie Taggart at Florida State as well. Uh, he's also, I believe, made a visit at home with the family. So uh, that, that's going to be kind of one of the interesting storylines over the coming days is if uh, Fields is going to go ahead and uh, pull the trigger on making things official with Georgia, or if they'll, you know, leave the door open going into January uh, in terms of Florida, Florida State, maybe uh, maybe Tennessee with uh, them getting a new head coach as well. So uh, that's going to be an interesting one. But of course, you do have the fact that Mount Corral is going to go ahead and make a visit to Florida this yeah. weekend. Looks and, like it might be a done deal. Yeah. So. With with that uh, with that angle, Florida might go ahead and, and get Corral locked up this weekend and get him signed next week. And uh, once that happens, uh, then of course I do think they'll end up signing another quarterback, and that other quarterback could be Justin Fields. But uh, if Corral does go ahead and sign, it, it definitely lessens the the need to make it uh, a star quarterback prospect like a Justin Fields, then maybe they go more the direction of, uh, you know, maybe an under-the-radar guy, maybe more like a, a Wyatt Rector or something yeah. that nature. Yeah. I said earlier I had talked to his father last week. They had not heard anything from Florida and really have sort of not heard too many things from uh, in the Power 5 schools. So they're hoping right down the road in Leesburg he'll get a look. But he he does have the knee – and he does have the – someone said the interception to touchdown ratio is not the best in the world. I like what I've seen him on, on, on film, in my opinion, but I like his arm and from my hear about his mental toughness and stuff. But we'll see. Now, what about – John T. Kerr says, I live in Atlanta and Fields and his sister are really close, and she's going to use GA. He'll be only 50 minutes from home. Family is a big thing for him. Dan needs to work his magic. Well, we'll see. Um, realistically speaking, I don't know the recruiting game, certainly not as well as you do. Uh, I really don't know much about it at all. It feels like he's committed to Georgia. It would take a major flip for him to do anything else. 
So if I'm Mullen, I'm thinking, I got that one. I'm, I'm going to give that one a shot. I'm going to wrap up Matty Corral, and as you say, go for a three- or four-star guy, whoever that might be. Is there another quarterback we have mentioned besides uh, Wyatt Rector out there that you like? Well, the one guy we talked about last week, uh, Terry Wilson, a junior college quarterback, was expected to maybe take an official visit to Florida this uh, over the course of this week or next weekend. Uh, he went ahead and visited Kentucky this past weekend and, and committed. Right. So he's another one off the board. And, and, and I, honestly, I think maybe with uh, uh, the lack of uh, – the lack of Florida making any real headway with any other quarterbacks over the course of the past maybe five to seven days, I think may have uh, maybe Florida would have went all in on Matt Corral and, and got him on, in on campus regardless. But I think maybe the lack of uh, things developing with any other quarterbacks maybe convinced Dan Mullen and Brian Johnson to say, all right, well – Nothing's going on here. Nothing's going on there. We've, we've you know, cast, uh, cast some words out here and haven't really picked up any uh, bite. So we're going to go ahead and, and nail down the one we got committed. Nothing here to but, see. Uh, <laughs> Move forward, right? Uh, yeah, that's I, right. Yeah. Uh, I do, you know, and getting back to the quarterback, not to get stuck on it because we could talk about it. I've thought about this a lot lately. And I thought about it genealogically. Of the many years I've been following Florida football, and it's an obvious thing, but yet it's not as obvious as maybe as it should be, is this quarterback choice is everything. And I've used this story a bunch of times, and you've heard it. Greg Madison and, and Urban Meyer traveling on a recruiting trip, getting ready to go see Tim Tebow, visiting him, and Madison turned to Urban and said, if we don't get this guy, he'll set our program back 10 years. So I started thinking about what would Florida football have been like without a guy like Timbo, without a guy even like Chris League, without a guy like Danny Worf, without a guy like Steve Spurrier. Those, those are players that, that really built the legacy that we have as Gators now. And whereas I understand that there are other positions that are important, the quarterback is so critical, especially to a school that's been through a drought in offense that, we, that people are discouraged and someone angry about the lack of offense, and as Coach Spurrier said tonight on the program, I'm pretty sure Dan Mullen's offense will be in the top 100. <laughs> That's a little sarcastic remark there. Uh, that you know that that people are this quarterback and this offense are really the really the signature of Dan Mullen's program. So critical. Well, it is, and and really, if you go back over the years that uh, Coach Spurrier was in Gainesville, I mean. Florida never lacked for great quarterback play. Uh, every year they're bringing in a top quarterback prospect. So as you move forward into the Dan Mullen era and you look at what's on the roster, I mean, it's it's really going to be important for uh, Dan Mullen to get, I think, two quarterbacks in this class. Get a couple guys who can play more of his style, have more of that uh, running threat. And Matt Corral, although I don't think he is the uh, I, the prototype per se of what Dan Mullen hopes for in that position, he's got the arm talent. He does have the ability to run. I wouldn't call him necessarily, uh, you know, 
a, a dual threat quarterback in a specifically, well, I wouldn't call him a dual threat quarterback. I do think he has uh, he has some very he has some athletic ability. He has a yeah, his forty time, I believe, is in the four point seven second range. Mm-hmm. He has the uh, ability to make plays with his feet. So I think you know if, if Matt Corral is the guy and, and ends up being the guy, say next year, I think uh, I think Mullen can adapt it a little bit in terms of uh, the offensive scheme. I, I do think Corral is probably more of a running threat. Chris Leak was, and Dan Mullen won the national. Yeah, I'm just going to say that. He sounded like somebody between Chris Leak and Tim Tebow, you know, somewhere in there uh, in that regard. Uh, And, uh, Justin, are you up for a few questions here? People are asking. Absolutely. All right, so I've been been asked about uh, uh, earlier about Emmett Smith's son. Don't know anything about him at all. Is he a good player? I don't know. Is he being recruited? Do you know? I, you know, I, I know he's. I mean, has a couple of sons. I haven't heard. I, I know okay. he's got. A, I believe he has a daughter playing soccer at Texas yeah. A&M, but yeah. I haven't heard okay. anything about it. Yeah, someone asked that question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about? What do you know about this receiver Copeland that Florida looks like they've lost, or have they lost him? Oh, Copeland. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you got Jacob Copeland. He's um, he's uh, his recruitment has uh, kind of gotten really interesting. Uh, of course, he was committed to Florida. Uh, Alabama was becoming a threat for him, and uh, his one of one of his main uh, contacts, University of Alabama, being Jeremy Pruitt, a kind of his his um, his recruitment will probably be very intriguing to follow over the course of the next month because Pruitt's now at Tennessee, so Tennessee will likely get involved. Um, they're going to be in the mix. Uh, Alabama will still be a threat, but Florida is kind of, uh, kind of maybe even moved back into the catbird seat because the threat Alabama had once posed is now left with his main, uh, one of his main contacts there gone. So uh, I think Florida has, uh, has a good shot to get him back, and they've definitely made him a uh, huge target. He was one of the first guys that Dan Mullen really uh, pushed the tough states with when he got to Gainesville. So he's one I expect uh, Florida could get back over the course of the next few weeks. And that, that would be a huge one because he's, a, he's an, a superb athlete and would give Florida a dynamic threat at the wide receiver position. Okay, a couple of comments here. Uh, Susan Cunningham says Emmett Smith took a son, son took a visit to Georgia. Didn't know about that. She's filling us in on that. Uh, here's one about calling plays. I, I'll just not a recruiting question. John Stacy Freeman is Danny. Call, first of all, don't call him Danny. He doesn't want to be called Dan. Coach Mullen is not a Danny. That's worthful, okay? <clears throat> is Danny going to call the plays uh, or is a new guy? Uh, look, if I know Dan Mullen, it'll be Dan Mullen in collaboration with, uh, with Brian Johnson. But you can guarantee the offensive, much like Steve Spur, the offensive coordinator is going to be Dan Mullen, not Danny. You agree with that? Um, yeah, I mean at Mississippi State, you know he's he's the he's going to be the guy who has that final yeah. input right. over the players that are called. Right. Uh, another question is someone asked about uh, Tyquan Thornton. Thornton. Do, you, do you know about him? He's expected yeah, well, he's, to uh, he's sign on the twentieth. Mm-hmm. He's uh, 
teaches around at Booker T. Washington High School in Miami, and he's uh, he's definitely one of the guys that Florida is going to be looking to kind of nail down over uh, the course of the next few days between now and next Wednesday in the event he decides to go ahead and sign early. Apparently took a visit to, to Baylor. That sounds odd. He, yeah. And he, yeah. he was committed to Baylor previously. Oh, was he? Okay. He, he was one who was um, gotcha. uh, committed early to the Bears. Oh. He um, kind of reemerged on the recruiting scene yeah. over this, this past summer. I took some visits, uh, but then uh, ended up switching his commitment from Baylor to Florida. Um, he said he's going to take all his visits, so um, we'll see what he ends up doing. Uh, but there's a, you know, with with all these guys, there's a possibility they could sign uh, come next Wednesday if they elect to do so, even if they're not going to enroll early. So, uh, but I think what, that's one Florida might want to try to nail down uh, going into the early signing. Justin, that's a question from uh, Jamal Houston uh, in our chat room. Do you think we'll end up with a top five class? And this is a tough question. What recruits are on the radar that no one is really talking about? We'd have a good website. Yeah, and, and we and we'd be talking about it. So that, <laughs> you know, that's always kind of the interesting one. Um, top five class, thats always hard to do in a transition class because, for one, we don't know exactly how many guys Florida's going to sign. They can go all the way to twenty-five, of course, if they wanted. Um, chances are they'll end up a you know a couple short of that, maybe twenty-two or twenty-four uh, players in a transition class, but. Um, the number of guys they end up signing will have a lot to do with where they end up ranked. Um, the chances are it's going to be more like a top 10, maybe top 15 class. But um, it, it, it's really it's the fact that there's been so much upheaval, so many guys switching positions this year. You got a new coach at Florida State, too, a new coach at Tennessee. And, and not only the head coaches are moving around, but the assistant coaches are moving around, too. So that's going to change a lot of uh, recruitment. There's a lot of guys who uh, maybe had a top five that they're shaking up that group and maybe take a look at some new schools. There's some guys that have been committed for a while that are going to reevaluate some things. So, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see. Yeah. Um, in terms of guys on the radar that we haven't been talking about so much before that uh, are coming back into the equation, there's a lot of recruitment um, that uh, you'll see kind of started to take official visits uh, this weekend and, and over the course of uh, the, uh, the month of January. Uh, I know one guy that has picked up a lot of interest um, in, in the last few weeks. There's a defensive end out of Alabama, Malik Langham, who's six foot six, 275 pounds, uh, going into the process. Was not as highly rated, but now suddenly has a, kind of a who's who offer list from across the country, and Florida is definitely uh, one of the names on one of the teams on a short list. I know he'll be visiting uh, next month, I believe. And uh, with Florida's need on defense, especially on defensive line, he's definitely going to end up uh, being one of the top priorities for the Gators. And Mullen visited two defensive ends here just the other day. I, I know that he paid a visit to two of them. Uh, can you elaborate a little more? Uh, Chris wants to know 
about the 85 scholarships and the 25 per year regarding the number of the, the, the kids that, uh, uh, that, that got in trouble and got suspended, and most likely most of them won't come back. Can they sign those now? Well, they, what would happen if they decided to, to, to sign more? Uh, they got the early commits. They got it coming in in January. How does that number work out uh, when you get to the point where Florida lost all those scholarships? And they do they want to try to make them up in a year, or are they going to just kind of go short? Well, Florida's rule has always kind of been to um, play it conservative as it relates to those things. That was kind of a, stick, a sticking point for Urban Meyer when, during his time at Florida because uh, that was a uh, – and that's kind of been a, a school thing. Um, so we'll kind of see if they stick with that moving forward. But Florida really always kind of avoided the, the concept of over-signing, if you will, and that's where um, a school will sign the, the number of, of – of, Scholarships, the number of players they sign on National Signing Day will actually, if you take that number and you add it to the number of scholarship players already on the roster, that number will go over 85. And that's the concept of oversigning. And Florida would never do that. They would allow the football teams who sign enough players on National Signing Day to reach that 85 number. But then, of course, over the, over, uh, over the months after signing day between uh, February and, and fall camp in August, you'll have guys transfer. You might have a guy uh, have to quit football because of injuries or this or that. You'll have some guys get down because of academics. Someone will want to transfer uh, to go somewhere else uh, to get more playing time. So that number will end up dropping a few. And, and that's where the whole process of uh, over-signing comes into play because if you uh, – they signed 24 guys on National Signing Day in February and you had 64 coming back, and now you're 88. Well, you lose a few here, you lose a few there, you end up uh, maybe four guys leaving for various reasons. But when you when you come to fall camp, you're at 84. So you're yeah. okay. You're under, the limit. you're under the limit. And that's really the only time that number matters is when you get everyone in in August and um, the number can't be more than 85. The board has never done that. Yeah. And so if, say, uh, you had 60 guys, uh, you know, say you had 59 guys coming back, you have room to sign 26. Well, that's the number that Florida will cap the football program at. You can't sign over 26 on National Signing Day. I always get get mixed up on that. It's hard to understand. Yeah. Uh, So right now, I, I don't know exactly where Florida's at. I I think they have room to sign about 20, 21, maybe. Mm-hmm. But you, you, you have the whole uh, early entries to the NFL draft coming up here shortly. So yeah. that number's going to change. That number's still in flux a bit for the time being. You had Kevin Bryant go pro, but you might have a few more guys. Pinano, there's a good possibility Pinano's gone. Uh, but they, they've got McPherson. Uh, and, and let me just hit some highlights real quick because we're running out of time. I know you got things to do. I want to get into the, some of these questions real quick and hit and miss uh, people question and comment. Uh, do you think Mullen has a few surprises, uh, Bo, Lynn? Yeah, we do, we'll, but we don't know what they are. I keep getting this question about Pittman. Uh, he's asking over and over Pittman. Well, I mentioned a name to you last time. I don't think you'd heard about him either. 
Uh, you know who he's talking about, Pittman? I don't know who that is. No. Um, uh, no. Okay. Uh, what about kicking? Well, we know McPherson signed. Uh, punter, I don't know. I don't know about punter. Uh, Often they're walk-ons, so I'm not sure if that's relevant at this point in time to see what kind of players they got. Uh, this is a question about strategy, about coaching, about quarterbacks. Too early for that. We don't know who the players are going to be. Uh, Jamie Ostander said they offered Jalen Jones today. I don't know who Jalen um, You know who he is? Uh, no, I don't. Okay. If somebody now, knows who Jalen Going back to your point on punting real quick, yes. they will have uh, Townsend's brother, Tommy, will uh, will probably be the, the guy next year. He'll be, I believe, a redshirt sophomore. So he will okay. most likely move into that position. And then Evan McPherson, uh, who I believe was the number one or number two rated kicker in the country by Cole's kicking camp, will, uh, will be your, your starting kicker next year. Anything about JUCO receivers? I don't know anything about them. Well, yeah, there is a there is a uh, wide receiver who was committed to Mississippi State uh, by the name of Stephen Gidry, uh, and uh, it will be interesting to see if uh, Florida can get him on campus here this weekend um, to try to flip him for Mississippi State. But while early on. It looked like uh, maybe there was some traction there for Florida. It seems like the momentum has uh, kind of trailed off here uh, more recently. So that that's one that will be a name to follow. That's, he's a big six-four receiver that uh, Florida definitely was trying to get on there early, get in on early uh, after Mullen had left Mississippi State. Apparently, Micah Pittman, uh, his brother, is, a, according to Travis, a stud at USC. We're not familiar with him. We'll look him up. A uh, couple more. We've dealt with a quarterback. I'm already going to skip over that. Linebackers. Well, Emory Jones, Emory Jones, Emory Jones. He's a hot ticket. And then after those two linebackers and Emory Jones. Okay? What you got? Okay. Uh, well, uh, with linebackers, there's definitely going to be some names that pop up. I know one guy who, uh, J.J. Peterson out of Colquitt County in Georgia, He's a highly regarded top hundred linebacker who uh, his recruitment's going to be one to follow. He's another one who I think a lot of people had pegged Alabama, but um, with the coaching change, uh, with Jeremy Pruitt leaving to go to Tennessee, his his recruitment kind of opened up a little bit. Um, Tennessee, I expect, will benefit from that move, and they'll be a they'll be a player in the mix for Peterson. Uh, but Florida will definitely be a team in there as well, and I expect uh, the Gators to try to get him in for an official visit next month. There's also another linebacker, an outside linebacker out of um, Chris County in Georgia by the name of Clay Walker, who is committed to Alabama. He's more of a outside linebacker in a 3-4. He's about 6-4, 220, more in the mold of that rush outside uh, type linebacker who's going to give you a pass rushing presence there. He's committed to Alabama, but I know the Gators have uh, been in talks with him and trying to get him to reconsider and maybe give uh, the Gators more of a look going down the stretch. He'd be a great fit in a 3-4 defense, and Florida's obviously going to need some some transitional-type players to fill some of those spots in the uh, depth chart uh, moving forward. So he's another name that we're keeping an eye, that everyone's keeping an eye on. 
about uh, the other David Reed, who uh, is yeah. in the Gators. And, right. uh, they're going to be trying to lock him down going into the early signing period uh, next week. So, yeah, definitely uh, definitely expect a lot of a lot of movement at the linebacker position. That's one that uh, the Gators probably need to get three or four guys in uh, with the switch to the 3-4 defense under uh, Todd Grantham. Mm-hmm. Okay. A lot of names being thrown around, and we won't try to go into all these. Uh, mostly people want to know about Mullen's closing ability, uh, if, if you think he'll finish strong. Uh, let's, what has it been? Three weeks since they've since he's been the coach? Is that what it's been? It, not, you know, yeah. So it takes a little while just to know where you're going. Sounds like he's out and on a lot of – I hear he keeps saying Snyder is recruiting, recruiting, recruiting one Snyder, one one Snyder. It looks like he's going to be – uh, member of the staff, but nothing new on him. He apparently is quite a recruiter from what we're hearing. Yeah, I would say he is, uh, he's one of the best in the country. Uh, he was a big part of why Florida had such a kind of a good recruiting base, good recruiting start under Jim McElwain. Uh, I, I would be very surprised if he doesn't end up retained by Dan Mullen because, frankly, um, I'm not sure that there's a lot of I'm not sure that there's many recruit, many assistant coaches out there that are better recruiters and he obviously has huge ties in South Florida his main base is going to be Palm Beach County and Broward County to a lesser extent so he got a great start there with his ties down there and then, and then he was doing a great job elsewhere too he had several commitments from outside that, that area as well so when you're looking at building a staff, I'm not sure why Snyder wouldn't be retained, but right. uh, you, you just never know. Yeah, a lot, a lot to be decided. There, there weren't yeah. any previous yeah. ties between Dan Mullen and, and Jawan Snyder, but I think the smart money is on Snyder uh, remaining as a part of this staff uh, moving forward. According to John Mathis, Pittman's a five-star defensive end from Pennsylvania. Okay, we'll, we'll do a little research. Justin, thanks as always. We apologize for being late. Getting Thanks, to Justin. You. Appreciate your information. Hey. Great job. Nope. Come up and see us. Let's go have a beer and catch up. All right. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, no no worries. Uh, it's good to be on. And uh, well, I'm, I'm sure uh, I'll be talking to you guys again next week. Dilly dilly, dilly, dilly to, you. to you, Justin. Thank dilly you, sir. Dilly. All right. All right, pal. Thank be you, well. Thanks Appreciate for coming it. on, buddy. All right. Have a good night. All right. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. You too. Thank you. So while we get a hold of friends. Uh, Is his number in here? Uh, probably not. Uh, a lot of people commented about cider. You can yeah. try that one if you want. You can uh, do this one if you pull up Facebook on that one. Yeah. Pull up, uh, so, uh, yeah. So we're getting a lot of questions about coaches. And honestly, we're just guessing on those folks. We don't know other than what's been announced. And we talked about Johnson, uh, the new offensive coordinator. I think it'd be more like a quarterback coach, in my opinion. Uh, and uh, obviously Nick Savage. We talked a lot about Savage. Remember the first day Dan Mullen said he gave his players off the rest of the year but warned them to get ready in January to go through something that they've never been any been through in their lives and will never go through with again, and that would be before Nick Savage had committed. So uh, uh, definitely there's going to be uh, – there's a story uh, – there's a chapter in the Urban Myers book about Black Friday at Bowling Green. It's not a pretty sight. And it's all about this unbelievable boot camp 
and worse, the Meyer put his players through at Bowling Green. And basically there were stations of trash cans where people, where they locked the gym doors and they ran until they puked their guts out and then some. I don't think you could do that again today. Urban was his 30-something years old, and he said, I was a 35-year-old coach out of control. Uh, you can't you can't do Junction, Texas anymore. All you older Gators will know the reference of Junction, Texas. Uh, that's not something that and, – and not only that, but quite often, uh, you know, the players don't need that much to be able to make it happen. Which one's so, Fran's cell phone I was calling? This that one right there. Well, I called that one. That's the one. This one? No, right here. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Um, so, yeah, so the, we talked about that. We're getting a lot of questions, obviously, about, uh, you know, about what's going to go on with uh, any additional coaches. We don't know yet. Uh, yeah, the, 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 this will become evidence as we get closer. And we're counting it down today is the 12th. I think you got the wrong uh, number there, dude. All right. Well. Here, you're going to have to call him. All right. There you go. You fellow, you go ahead. I'll have to call France. Um, what else you got there? Well, well my phone died, but it's okay. Just well, go ahead. We well, can here, have a moment. Can... Here, give me that one. Call France on that on your phone. I'll read you the number. All right. Here. We're getting a little disorganized here. Well, it's late. <clears throat> it is the late night dilly dilly. By the way, like and share. Here's uh, like and share. Tell them about our podcast. We're waiting. Uh, here. Why are you doing this? You can't do that. It's plugged in. Yeah, I thought you had needed one. You don't. You don't. No, I don't have an iPhone. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> you can catch us. Um, we podcast this. I'll post it tomorrow. We have a SoundCloud, um, the Buddy Martin Show. Uh, you can use that if you're an Android user. We have an iTunes, the Buddy Martin Show. You can do the podcast. However you want, you can ingest this. Uh, Amazing show. I'll generally podcast it when we get off so you have it in the morning. Um, you can also catch Buddy uh, five nights, four to five nights a week uh, at uh, on radio and always at uh, Facebook Live at the Buddy Martin Show. So, Did you get it? No, that number is not working for some reason. Uh, I think Let's he see. texted you and said, ready. Here he is. That was me. Right there. See this number down that at the bottom? That was me. No, that was me. Okay. Well, that was me. Go ahead. Tell them about the text, all right? About the what? Um, I'm trying to find them on this Right here. Let's, here you go. Hold on. Do we have them here? I've got them right here. I'll get them right Sorry, here. Sorry, we only have five cell phones in here. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, the podcast, tell you more about that. Quite a few of you have found those. Again, re- remembering. Oh. Hi, Franz. And we're now on the late night. Sorry, Franz. I was calling the wrong number. You That's all right. Can't get good help here anymore, you know. So uh, it is. Uh, we just got off a, about a thirty-minute call with Justin, uh, your friend Justin uh, Wells. Talk a lot about recruiting. Uh, we're getting a lot of questions, friends. First of all, good evening to you, Dilly Dilly. Dilly Dilly. Uh, getting a lot of questions about uh, coaches, um, and uh, you know we. Yeah, we know about obviously we we know about uh, obviously about the ones who've been hired, uh, and we have uh, s- some people who wanted to know about uh, the latest information uh, with uh, any other staff members. You had mentioned earlier that there's a high school coach. Everybody knows. Well, her, first of all, friends, the first question I have for you is that I, I got this uh, message that said 
There's a rumor going around that Spurrier is going to be a part of Mullen's staff. Have you heard anything about No, that? it's not going to happen. I can tell you right now. <laughs> I got to ask. I had a question, so I'm trying to respect the chat. So, anyways, this uh, is a well, rumor going uh, around about Spurrier joining Mullen's staff. I can tell you one thing Spurrier will be happy to do, and that is uh, talk football plays, ball plays with, with the Gator head coach. And Dan Mullen uh, has already said that, that what an asset to have right, de- right there that you can go run stuff by. I don't doubt for a second that Spurrier will uh, offer, offer some plenty of, of good advice and, and if, if Mullen asks him to evaluate some players or something like that, uh, I don't know too many people who are better at it than Steve Spurrier. It'd be nice to have a Hall of Famer as your consultant. <clears throat> um, yeah, it, my little detail there. <laughs> certainly, it certainly helps to have somebody of his caliber. I mean, uh, I, I've, I once wrote a column and I said Steve Spurrier was like Michelangelo. He could... He, could, he saw a football field as, as his blank canvas, and he could make something beautiful out of it. Um, the, the next coach we had was a paint-by-numbers guy, and that's not to say you can't come up with a pretty picture. It just means that you're not that guy that's going to just see the field and, and you see things that aren't even there yet. And, and that's the way Spurrier was. Uh, Mullen, I think, has a lot of Spurrier in him in the way he runs an offense. And that he's he's excellent at at finding a weakness and going after it, and then dissecting the other team. Uh, I think he's really really good at that. So I think it's going to be a, a, a I think it's going to be a good matchup, a, a good match, having Mullen here with the offense, and and, and having Spurrier here as a guy that Mullen can bounce stuff off of. All right, we get this certain question. You put this out here quite some time ago. We've had four or five people ask about him. Is he coming? If he does, will he bring high school recruits? Do you know anything at all there beyond rumor? Well, there there are reports that that he may not. You know, I, I said the other day that I thought that that when it was when it was all said and done, that I thought that he would that he would come in, come to Florida. But I'm hearing that he's leaning towards staying right there at American Heritage, and why not? He's got a great great thing going there. Yeah, and, and, and by the way, uh, uh, he can go anytime he wants to. Uh, when you have players like that that you can bring, you can write your own ticket quite often, as you know, uh, the way that system works. Just like AAU basketball in that regard in terms of the coach's influence. And someone like him, obviously, with his background, uh, would be a fine for anybody. Uh, okay, again, one more of your stories. Damian Craig. We talk about this. Mark wants to know about Damian Craig. Damian Craig, we get that question a went lot. To all, went, went, went to FSU. We signed? Uh, oh, yeah. He's already gone to FSU. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know Florida was looking very hard at him mm-hmm. uh, as a possibility. He's gone to – he's gone – not to FSU. He's gone to Texas A&M with Jimbo to coach uh, the wide receivers. We have one guy who's been asking this question over and over and over. He wants to get his answer. We're finding out more about Micah Pittman, whose whose dad played for the Bucks, um, and uh, you know, and he obviously loves Micah Pittman. I don't know him. Justin doesn't know him. Apparently, he's a, he's a prospect. Have you heard anything about Micah Pittman? 
According heard to, the name and heard that the Gators have an interest in him, and the interest is mutual, and that's about the extent of it. Another guy that's down in the Tampa area, that there is certainly mutual interest, and I, I expect him to be a Gator uh, maybe even as early as late next week when the early signing period starts, is a guy named Judge Culpepper. And uh, well, that name. if that last name sounds familiar mm-hmm. to you, there's a reason. Yeah, Trouble Legacy. <clears throat> Yeah, uh, Micah, by the way, according to what Marcus tells us, uh, he's got one more year. He's a really good, so-called beast, really good player. And apparently he and Matty Corral have a quote-unquote tight relationship. So I don't know about all that stuff. Maybe you've heard it. So his brother plays at USC, Michael. So let's get him out of the way. We've talked about him tonight a lot. Uh, Michael Pittman, who played for the Bucks, of course, as a running back. We remember him. So we have that. Uh, it's way too early to talk about quarterbacks and strategy and, uh, and 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 how you play, what style of offense you play, whatever. As I said with Justin, I hate to sound like a broken record, Brendan, but the quarterback right now is everything. It appears as though, from the outside looking in, they've settled on Matty Corral, and from the way he's talking, he is coming here. It's looking like that's going to be a done deal. That would send signals to others, other quarterbacks that would end once and for all any designs on Justin Fields. Although I heard from a very good source, Florida's pushing it really hard trying to get him to flip. If that happens, friends, explain what they do then for the second quarterback. Someone well, uh, like – like, go ahead. If they got – if they got Fields, then obviously to go with Corral, that would be one of the great recruiting coups. No, that wouldn't of all happen time. though. Would they two quarterbacks come? I don't think they'd both come. I, I just I, I, that's just something I can't see happening. Yeah, I can't either. Um, I think they I think Corral is their guy. I think they're going with it, and I think uh, Wyatt Rector down in in Leesburg mm-hmm. um, probably has a really good shot at at, at being in this recruiting class. His dad is I'm not, not encouraged. Saying, I'm, I'm, His dad is not I'm not, not saying for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Susan says, please tell Coach Spurrier to tell Coach Mullen to sign Rector. That's not happening. I hear what you're saying, Susan, who's a very connected. Susan does a great job. Uh, the problem is, is that, first of all, I couldn't tell Coach Spurrier anything. And, number one, secondly, I can't talk about I can't tell. Even if I had any authority or any clout, I couldn't tell coaches who to sign. That's not. It's against the rules. Uh, but the bottom line is, uh, I have talked to his father, you know, on several occasions, most recently, uh, last week when he played in the All-Star game in Orlando, he threw a touchdown pass, um, and, uh, his father is a little discouraged that he hasn't heard from the Gators, although Justin told me he was a visitor, he visited Florida, uh, when the, for the FSU Florida game. So, uh, anyway, so Rector, we'll see if, like, until he is sure he can't get feels, he probably won't go for a three-star or a well, four-quarterback. There's another guy that they're interested in, too, and that's Terry Wilson, the junior college He's gone. He's gone Arts. to Kentucky. He's, he's committed. Yeah, he committed. Well, yeah. I, I, that's, that's debatable, okay. whether he is gone or not. Okay. You know, um, the Kentucky people aren't, aren't 100% sure, but you know, Kentucky would be a good place to go because that's a wide-open job. For one thing, but of course, so is Florida. You know, but then again, if Florida gets Matt Corral, uh, you know, you gotta, you you've got to give Felipe Franks and Trask and Allen 
who are already here an opportunity, and you got to give Corral that opportunity. Uh, you, there's only so many reps you can give, and, and there's only so much time you can give. So, you know, you can't bring in too many guys, and, and, and a guy like Terry Wilson is going to come somewhere. And if he goes to Kentucky, he's going to get 90% of the reps in the spring. So that might be a better job, better thing for him. But Florida, I, I would say that it, that he's, you know, he's still on Florida's radar. And how much he's on Florida's radar, that, that's debatable. Yeah. But he, he's still on there. And, and just to clarify things, a lot of people are asking, John and Mark and Richie will ask you about, why can't we get more? We had, uh, going back, we had uh, – uh, we all those quarterbacks under Mullen and and uh, Newton and Tebow were on the same team and Brantley and so on. So this is a different time. Kids do it differently today. They don't, uh, you know, they they don't they, they know where to go. And Spurrier and I have talked about this. They just know that they're not going to sit if they're going to go somewhere with another five star. They're not stupid enough unless they have a good reason or have a legacy or their dream was to play at Florida, whatever. You aren't going to find many schools anymore that find two that sign two five stars. Am I wrong about that? Well, you don't get them in the same season. Right. Alabama right. shows that you know you, you sign one after another, and, and then if guys transfer out, you still got you know you still got five stars on your roster waiting waiting their opportunity. Uh, you know, and, and when we speak Alabama, I, I think next year if they give, uh, to, you know. Uh, I can't even pronounce his last name. Two of Valoga or whatever you Valoga <laughs> or whatever they call, that, they call it. Uh, I, from what I saw of him, if I'm Alabama moving forward, I think he's. You know, they talk all they want to about about uh, twenty five and two for Jalen Hurts, but I think Jalen Hurts is going to get exposed by Clemson. I don't think. Alabama's going to beat Clemson. I think Clemson's going to. I think Clemson could could really do a number on Alabama. And the reason I think they can is because uh, I don't think that this guy can throw the football. This is why getting in a, a guy like Brian Johnson in to coach the Florida quarterbacks, because from what we've seen, the Florida quarterbacks haven't done a very good job throwing the football. We got to get somebody in here who can coach these guys up, and get them to throw the ball the right place, and get them to throw it on time. Okay, uh, let's see. We have a report from somebody. Can we announce that or not? I think so. I, I don't know, know who it's from. It's from him. Oh, okay. Our One of our insiders <laughs> says Florida had a plane leave here today. Whoa, and... whoa, whoa, whoa. That's, that's yeah, this what? Is, that's from November 24th. Oh, okay. That's the wrong one. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, uh, will we fill the class this year? I think it's 28. Do you think they'll fill the class? You know, the thing about it is, is they can, uh, I, I haven't gotten the exact number how many guys that they signed in the class last year, but I think it was like 21 last year. It may have been 20. Uh, I can I, I can go double-check the roster and find that out real yeah. quick. But you can sign four guys back that yeah. count on last year's class because the LOI is about what you sign in a calendar year, Okay. Uh, now, you get JUCOs in this early signing period. They're going to count in that next calendar year. But you can get some of these guys to sign early. If they enroll early, they can count back. So it's a little complicated, but it works out. Uh, 
but I think they'll have like four guys that'll count back on last year, and they could so they could sign twenty eight or twenty nine guys in this class. Yeah, many of uh, well, well, we're going to find out soon. We're counting down. We've only got, uh, what, eight days before uh, National Signing Day begins and uh, that week. And then, of course, after that, there's still another chance to sign in January. So it's going to be a hectic time. And uh, any further comments on anything regarding football before we take a quick note on basketball, shift gears, and uh, let bid goodnight to you and, uh, and our crowd? Well, I, I will say this. I, you know, I think it's – the biggest thing that I see going on right now is I see a rejuvenated fan base. Um, Agree with that. I think I, I think that Dan Mullen, the hiring of Dan Mullen, has worked out far superior to anything we thought. Uh, I, I thought Mullen was a good hire, and I thought the people would would embrace him. But I think they're doing. I think they're doing a. I think he's doing more than that. I think that that he's got people, you know, they're getting excited. You know, I, I, this guy yet today. I see, I saw him when I'm at the at the gym working out, and he comes by and he says, "Dan is the man," and I knew exactly what he's talking about. And and this is a guy that I, I thought, you know, from previous conversations that we had, I thought this was a guy that was probably going to give up his season tickets. And he's enthused. He's rejuvenated. He, you know, he, he, he had his gator gear on, and he gave me, gave me a Dan is the man thing. Mm. And this is a guy that just three, four weeks ago, buddy, he was as negative as he could be about mm-hmm. Florida football. He just mm. didn't see – he just saw us, you know, sliding on back, sliding on back, and, and – a return to the 1970s. Yeah. I think you're onto something there because my conversation with Spurrier tonight, we were having, we we're talking about that very thing, uh, and and there does send, there is some kind of tide here. No, lowercase t, not not Alabama. There's something going on here with the fan base. It's a different mentality and a different feeling than what we've had before. Now uh, he's still got to win some football games to get things back, but in my, as I said earlier. In my conversations with Spurrier tonight, we talked about, he said, well, I'm pretty sure Dan's offense will make the top 100, you know. And I, and I made a comment to Steve, and I, I want you to re- respond to this. People who said of Spurrier, he's an easy rider, he doesn't really put much effort, he doesn't work at it, they, they didn't think he'd be a good head coach because he wouldn't spend the hours. If you studied Spurrier, and you and I have, and I've studied him really close, with great detail as a coach and a player, um, is the one thing he has always done, he's a stickler for detail. As Chris Doring was talking about yesterday, every right had to, every route was precise. His quarterback had to have perfect mechanics. He worked and he had rep and rep and rep and rep and rep. He was fanatical about detail. And so people who didn't understand him working hard at coaching, he was always, always coaching. I love the f- story in the book about how uh, he called Chris Harry's house one time when Harry was working with the Orlando Sentinel, uh, and uh, the babysitter for one of his players answered. And who was the offensive line? Jason Odom, is that who I'm thinking of? Um, and I guess yeah. she was Jason Odom's uh, girlfriend, and she said, Coach Burry, I'm Jason Odom's girlfriend. I uh, said, yeah, I'm looking, for, I'm looking for Chris. He said, he's not here. And she said, but Jason Odom's my boyfriend. And he said, 
Jason Odom dr- jumped offside in practice today. <laughs> <laughs> so he's always coaching every detail. And the final thing is, he was a he was the ultimate cheerleader. I'd never forget the phone call I got from him in 1994 when Florida was ranked number one, I believe it was, in preseason. And he left a message for me and said, hey, this is uh, Coach Spurrier. I said, your old school's number one, man. He was number one in the country. He was always cheerleading, got the pom-poms going. He was working in many ways. Maybe he wasn't blowing the whistles and running around screaming at people. He was always boosting. Always, He did 20, what, 21 Gator Clubs? Nobody did that many oh, Gator yeah. Clubs. And he was out there and out front. He did a fabulous job of building a fan base. And he said tonight, he said that's the thing he sees coming back is the fan base. Because let's be honest. Florida has lost part of his fan base, friends. Oh, no question that Florida's lost. Not a part of its fan base. I think a good, strong part of its fan base. Um, I had a guy telling me uh, a couple weeks ago, he said, they keep asking me for, this is before the Mullen hire, he said, they keep asking me for more money and more money and more money. And he says, I'm giving, he says, every time I give more money, I see a diminished product on the field. And he says, and, I, and I'm starting to wonder, what am I giving all this money for? Hmm. And it, it, it takes a lot of money. you got a coach that's making $6 million, and his, his uh, staff's going to make five. That's $11 million. Plus, he's going to have all the other uh, support staff and other things that he's going to require. This is a big-time operation, and it requires people writing very large checks to support it. And the fan base better be enthused, because if they aren't, then, you know, you're going to start looking at red ink, and we're suddenly look, going to be looking at, like, Tennessee, which, by the Ooh. way, may have to pay uh, Greg Schiano $21.7 Good million. Good Lord! Well, the wrong that, business. there's uh, uh, you well, how about Jimbo Fisher, $75 oh. million? But the bottom line is, is that Schiano may do it without red They're saying that is not, it was never approved by the chancellor, though. So, therefore, it never was approved. doesn't matter. That's a binding contract, and there's a lot of lawyers who yeah. I'm sure there'll be a there. settlement. There'll be a settlement of some kind. Hey, just a few things here. Uh, Mark says he's not sold on Mullen. He calls him decommit, Dan. Uh, okay, but here's I the thing. I think you got to calm down with the decommit. I mean, that's normal for every new regime that comes in. That's you've correct. got a whole different this level of absolute, recruiting. You have a whole right. different kind of offense, a whole different kind of, 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 of deal. I don't know why everyone's freaking out. This is normal. This is the part of Gator Nation that gets hard to deal with. It's like... It's like this is this is a good thing. These guys aren't going to fit the Dan Mullen style of football. Don't you agree, friend? Well, exactly. You recruit to your style, and you know it, it's like, all right. Uh, back in the day, back in the day when when uh, Urban was he, Urban was here, you know he recruited speed because that's what his offense was all about. Well, friends, it wasn't Urban's first year. He had like 18 guys. He had 18 guys and only five that he signed in right. class. And, and only five of them lasted to the end, David Nelson being one of them. Uh, you know, the first class usually is a dud in most places because of that. And the biggest reason is, is because you're getting in late and you're having to in, in many cases, as is the case right now, you're recruiting players to play a different brand of football, a different style of football, a different scheme than they had in the previous regime. 
And, you know, they just had to decommit from a cornerback out of Miami. That kid does not fit what they want in a cornerback. They want cornerbacks that are, they, they are, they don't want little cornerbacks. They want cornerbacks that are six feet, six foot one, who can, who can stop the run and can play the big receivers. You can have your disagreements and you can like what you don't like. Here's the one thing, and I love Gator fans, but here's the one thing that drives me insane with all fans. They seize on these things and numbers, and they get caught up in measurables and vertical jumps. They get caught up in numbers of stars on players. They get caught up in number of players signed, and they think these are are measurables, and they, these will uh, these will to dictate the future of the game. Let's get off of that, folks. If you saw Steve Spurrier's signing class in 91, 92, 93, you'd say, what? They can't win with this. I mean, it's just, and I know it's a different time, but we're so obsessed with this recruiting. We think it's everything. It's important. It's it. But there have been people who have, by the way, won championships without a whole roster full of five stars, just so you know. I'll give you a good example, and that's Dabo Swinney. And you look at his recruiting classes, and they have not been typically top ten recruiting classes, but he's got it good going right up there at Clemson. And the biggest reason he's doing it is because he is getting the players that fit what he wants to do. He gets guys that can do what he wants to do, and he can win with them. And good coaching with guys that fit your scheme, and that's a recipe for, for success. Spurrier did that. Spurrier took wide receivers, some of the wide receivers that he signed were not the guys that, you know, that everybody thought would be the great wide receivers. I mean, uh, you know, Hilliard was, he was not, you know, everybody thought he was going to be a defensive back. That's what LSU was recruiting him as. They were recruiting him either as a running back or a defensive back. Spurrier saw a wide receiver, and, and look what happened with him. Yeah, you know, and I turned into a great player. Right, and and look, in uh, our friend Susan, who's very bright, has a lot of to offer. Says Spurrier had great rosters, not necessarily, not till the Werfel class signed on and that bunch. Remember, at one point on the championship team, he had three PK young players. Remember that? Nothing wrong with PK young players, but one of them was a walk on, and he became an All American. Let's not forget about that. And they were Spurrier was not obsessed with recruiting, maybe not as much as he should have been. But the championship years when he was winning all those SECs in a row, he began to build his class up. He knew who he wanted. But he didn't get every player he wanted by a long shot. I would not classify them as great rosters. I would classify Urban's classes as great rosters, top five, top class in the country, back what have you. But I don't think I'd say Spurrier had great rosters. Well, Spurrier... You know, he coached them up, friends. He coached them into being great players. Well, he did. And, and, and again, what he did was he recruited to his system. And that's what successful coaches do. They recruit to their, they recruit to their system. Not every, you know, it, it's, not everybody is going to fit what you want to do. So you recruit the guys that can. Um, you know, one of the reasons that that I think Will Muschamp is going to be much more successful in this gig up at South Carolina than he was at Florida long term is because I think Will is getting a handle on the recruiting end of it, of recruiting the kids that fit what he wants to do. 
And he never did, you know, he did that on the defensive side when he was in Florida, but he never got that with the offensive side. And now he's getting in a new new coordinator. I think it's going to be Jed Fish, who, by the way, he was a GA under Spurrier many years ago. But I think Jed Fish is going to be his guy. And he's going to open up the offense. And he's recruiting guys that will fit what they want to do. you got to do that. You can't just go by the stars after the name. Well, you know, friends, and I, I get a lot of feeling, you know, coaching and playing at Florida is a unique situation, not just from the fan base, from the weather, from, you know, all sorts, from the facilities, you name it. But, you know, I feel like we got, and Dan Mullen, you've got a Spurrier, obviously someone who sees him as a mentor, but you've got somebody that really understands the whole process, much like Steve Spurrier, Steve Spurrier, big picture of the whole thing. You know, he understands what it's like to coach here and what it takes to play here and what players are going to be successful here. Because I don't think every kind of player is going to be successful. Take out Dan Mullen from the equation. Let's just look at, you know, the University of Florida and, and playing football here. I mean, do you think there's some truth to that, France? Oh, absolutely. You know, it, it is a unique situation, and this is why I think you hit on something right there, Brendan, that I will agree with 100%. It is a unique situation, and you got to get a coach in here that understands the uniqueness of the situation. I don't think Jim McElwain ever really understood. I don't. He never grasped what, what the Gator Nation is all about. Um, buddy, you know what I'm talking about. You know, you were like me. You know, your dad died like my grandfather and my dad died, still waiting on an SEC championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, you and I, you and I, I guarantee you, uh, back back there in in 1991 when they finally won an SEC championship that counted, I was almost speechless. I, I had, t- I, you know, Gene Ellenson hugged me and he was crying and I cried too. Yeah. Uh, because we, it's something we never could grasp that it would actually happen here. And Gator fans remember that. The long-term Gator fans remember all those wait till next year years. And I think that's why they're so impatient for to have it come back again. And, and But you got to understand these things. If you're going to be the head coach here, you got to understand those things. Yeah, my late sister, Shirley Lovell Rich, she went with the New Orleans in 96. And we traveled together, and after the game was over, we got in the car, and she said, well, at least I can say I wanted to, I saw a national championship before I died. Her late husband was a huge Gator fan. He died before then. She died about eight or nine years later, but she got that national championship. Uh, and to be able to get that first one, that was something, as you said, a lot of us never thought we'd see. Now I think Gator fans, and I understand, are a little bit more entitled. Well, you know, Dad, it's just part of your fan. It's different in this part of the world, and I learned this a lot from Franz Beard in 2008, to be honest with you, just listening and talking to you, Franz, over the, the web shows and all the things that we did. Learned it from being a Gator fan since birth, from having a family be a part of it. but it, it And then being a part of... You know, some of these gator groups like Gator Chomping and all these other things where it's a family affair. Like, it's different than that than being where I just was at Boulder, Colorado at CU or, or USC or whatever. It, it, it means something in the heritage. It's in the DNA 
of the people around here. And, and that, to me, is the is right there one of the huge differences that, let's say, Mac never understood, that, that Dan Mullen gets. And that's why he does the chomp when he gets off the plane, because he knows it's just not for fun and the fans, but it actually means something to generations of people around here. Well, Dan had the advantage of being here for five years and then spending nine more years in the SEC, 14 years in the SEC, and he understands that. And, and you know something? Let, let's give props to the SEC network. You know that commercial they run that says it means more down here? It does. It just it does. does. You know, it, it's like I, I get asked many, many times, you know, why is it that Alabama fans take it so seriously? And I, and I, you know, I have to remind people. I say you got to go back. You know, look at history. I said the Civil War wiped out eighty percent of the males in the state of Alabama, and, and the state was impoverished for years and years and years, decades afterward. Football at one point in time was all the people of that that at, was all that the people of Alabama felt they had. I mean, it was their lone source of pride. So, and as you pointed out, Brendan, you hate that goes on from generation, it's passed on from generation to generation. And, and this is the way it was in the South. Football, you know, the South was a downtrodden area after the Civil War. People don't realize how devastated it was economically, the population. You know, so many millions of men were lost in that war. Um, and, and it had a devastating effect. And football was one of the ways that the pride in the South, in the states, was rejuvenated in Alabama. And, and you know, buddy, I remember that. You know, I can remember, you know, in 1960, I'm there at, at Florida Field for the Georgia Tech game, my first college football game. And there were 42,000 people at the stadium. Holy cow. You know, what a gigantic crowd. That was that like was. everything, right? Lothridge and, was it Lothridge and Martin, or was it after that? I was there for Lothridge and Martin. Uh, Lothridge, uh, Billy Lothridge uh, was, was the second team quarterback at Georgia Tech. He became the first team quarterback the next year, and yeah. then in 62 uh, challenged uh, Roger Staubach for the Heisman in 62. But uh, in... in 1960, but that, you know, wow, that's still one of the greatest games ever. 42,000. And, and, you know, my goodness, people came from all over the state to be there, and it just has continued to grow. And that's the way it is everywhere in the South. You look at who leads the country in, in, in uh, football attendance. It's the SEC every yeah. single year. All right, Francis, you know, uh, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. You, you look at, you know, we only have one stadium. And that is Vanderbilt that doesn't seat at least 60,000 people. Yeah, for sure. Hey, uh, friends, uh, by the way, we're having a roll call, so you folks go ahead and check out tonight. Tell us where you're coming from and give us a good night, Dilly Dilly. And France, Clemson in basketball on Saturday. Florida getting a very crucial win over Cincinnati last weekend to right that ship. Uh, Still ranked 22nd after a brutal week of losses. But uh, do you think they get this thing going back in the right direction? Yeah, I think they are. And, and the good news is this. They've only got like four more games before the before it hits January. 
know, they, they don't, you know, they got finals this week and then they got the game uh, with Clemson and then they have, then they've only got like four more games. Come January, they're going to start getting Nick Boonu back. They're probably going to get Isaiah Stokes back. Chase Johnson should be back this week, from what I can, I've heard anyway. I, you know, I haven't seen a confirmed report, but I've heard that he's probably going to be back. So they're going to have some more size back. They'll need it against Clemson. But the big thing is this: as long as Chris Chioza plays with confidence, they're going to be just fine because he sets the tone. You know, he's he's. What was that line that uh, Reggie Jackson used to say? I'm the straw that stirs the yeah. drink. Well, well, that's Chi-Chi. He's the guy that stirs the drink for Florida. And when he's playing with confidence, like he did against Cincinnati, that Cincinnati game, we may look back at it as, as the game that really saved the Florida season and really changed the entire Florida season because – he, you know, in those last couple minutes, he took over the game and won it for the Gators. I wish no he get. I wish he would stir Kayvon. I wish he'd stir Kayvon Allen a little bit. Boy, he's he's uh, he's really got to get his game going again. They're going to get it. I, I believe. I, I believe they're going to have a really good game against Clemson, yeah. and I think these. The good news is, is they've only got like four games left in the rest of the right. in the rest of the month. They're going to get a lot of practice time, and they need that. Right. As always, Francis, good stuff, man. We appreciate it. Friends, yeah. thank you, buddy. You're the best, man. Thanks so much. For, oh, for guys, being. I enjoy it, guys. All right, Francis, you can catch him on FightGators.com, and he's on the radio with the Buddy Martin Show twice a week and usually a couple nights a week around here. So. Hey, friends, I'm going to get you to do a podcast with Buddy one of these days. I get so many questions for it all the time. You guys are great. Thanks so much for your time, buddy. Thanks, Brandon. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Beard, everybody. Mm-hmm. FightingGators.com, yeah. the best. People checking out Toby Permitter here in uh, Ocala, Dilly Dilly, uh, Stark, Florida, Dane Willis. Uh, we got Nat and oh, Newberry, Carlos in uh, Miami. Carlos, that's the name of the new cat. Yeah, well, that, that's not what he wants to hear. I'm sorry. <laughs> Raymond. Uh, Carlos the cat. Jackson, he got a new baby cat tonight. His daughter did. Uh, check in. Give us the roll call here as we check out. Appreciate you folks uh, hanging in with us tonight. Again, we apologize for being a little late. Something about these day jobs sometimes they take precedence. We'll uh, podcast this whole deal and this whole madness for right. you. Uh, we'll, we'll come to you when we can next time. We never know when that is. If you're joining us late, catch the replay. It'll be up just shortly after this. So we'll have podcast. it posted. The podcast will be up. Um, Tomorrow on the radio show at, at 6 o'clock. I've got Dave Moulton, who's always good talking football. Uh, and of course, we'll have Southern Pigskin on Thursday. I hope I'll be able to get a hold of Terry Bradshaw and talk about that show. My goodness, what a wild and crazy show on NBC. Terry joins us every Thursday, usually, and uh, it wasn't about football. Susan, good night. Good night to. Uh, uh, good night, Jeffrey from Arizona. Dilly Dilly, Richie, and what is that? Louisiana. Karen. Uh, Richie, how do you pronounce that? I don't know. Karen? Corinne Crook, Louisiana for Love Louisiana, by the way. Got one of my a, favorite places. Deland in there. Tampa, Florida, and Jay Steubens. Uh, David from Deland. Yep. Dilly Dilly from St. Augustine and Jeffrey. Greg Orlando from Rockwood, Steve Tennessee. Young, Thomas Hello, Fudge Steve. How you doing, Steve? St. Pete. Hey, Dilly Dilly to St. Pete. Your birthplace. I was born in St. Petersburg. Yeah, yes, you were. And it was a great day for everybody. In uh, it's Dilly Dilly all hail the kingdom, Richie Robinson, Dilly Dilly. Yeah. Which brings me to my last final point to all 40, 50 people of you that are on. Um, 
<laughs> we, uh, we, I do agree with Franz when he says that the Gator Nation and and things are on the up and up, and there's finally some cohesiveness to Gator Nation again that seems to be a a wave a wave of of positivity. Um, I think in the coming coming weeks, uh, and especially as we uh, approach spring ball, we're going to be announcing a little bit more of. Of how we feel about that. Am I on the right track here, buddy? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're we're. I'll bring this to you. You're you're the one who really had this idea. I think what we're all saying is we've had enough political strife in our country, enough conflict in our country. The one place we'd like to be able to go to have peace and brotherhood and sisterhood is in our groups where we share mutual passion about things like Gator sports, and we don't want a lot of conflict. I mean, we know. We can always start conflict. It's not a problem. But what Brenda's idea was to bring all these factions together. That's why you've got other other groups. You're members of other groups. We're coming together as the Gator Nation. We came up with the term sovereign nation, sovereign Gator Nation. What if we got people together again? Because there's been a lot of hard times for Gator sports, especially football recently. And I think your idea is a great one. It's a noble one. And I say to you, my son, Dilly Dilly. Dilly Dilly. So as we get closer to spring ball and we get uh, uh, figure out some some meeting points and whatever, but we've got some 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 real ideas about bringing Gator Nation and all these different groups and factions that we have out on social media together and and creating a Gator sovereign nation once again. And that's going to be up to you, Richie. By the way, is from Gainesville. That's uh, that's Corin Crow. He says. Corin Crow. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so we will uh, we'll be coming to you as often as we can. We're mm-hmm. counting on you to bring that sovereignty about the Gator Nation. Well, and, and, and and we're not going to talk about. We do this because really we have a love for Gator Nation. We're not getting paid to do this. We're not going to talk about where you can give us money or not or whatever. We truly uh, do this out of the love, uh, you know, for the for Gator Nation in our hearts, and that we have a place. For everyone to be. So, anyway, and I love being with my dad to talk about you, uh, Gator Sports. Terrific. And uh, John says, let's do it. And thank you for, yeah, Raymond or Ramon says, Sovereign Gator Nation. I like it. Yeah. Let's, uh, on that note, Sovereign Gator Nation, good night and dilly dilly. Dilly dilly to you. And just as we were talking about uh, what it was like to be a kid uh, and be a Gator fan, mm-hmm. I'll leave everybody with this final thing. What I did as a child and I'll always remember and that you'll know that you're a Gator fan when you said this. I'm 44, almost 44 now. Uh, I did this when I was eight years old. So go Gators. Not you, Georgia. That's true. Ran around the bed saying that when he was three years old, three years old. I raised him right folks. Dilly dilly all. We'll be up soon. Have a great night. Good night. <laughs>